I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's episode, I will be interviewing the wonderful Erin from Arcana Crafts, and we'll be talking all about the tarot. You will not want to miss this as she gives so much insight into how to work with your cards. I learned so much that I didn't know despite being a lover of the tarot. But before that, we have our book review, which is for The Familiars, written by Stacey Halls. So I inhaled this book. I couldn't put it down. It was absolutely addictive, and I felt really sad when it was over. It's exciting, fast-paced, has lots of twists and turns, really cosy and incredibly magical. I will start off by reading you the blurb for this book to give you some insight into what it's all about. In a time of suspicion and accusation, to be a woman is the greatest risk of all. Lancashire, 1612, Fleetwood Shuttleworth is 17 years old, married and pregnant for the fourth time. But as mistress at Gawthorpe Hall, she still has no living child and her husband, Richard, is anxious for an heir. Then she crosses paths by chance with Alice Gray, a young midwife who promises to help her give birth to a healthy baby. When Alice is drawn into the witchcraft accusations that are sweeping the Northwest, Fleetwood risks everything by trying to help her. As the legendary Pendle Witch trials approach and Fleetwood's stomach continues to grow, Time is running out and both their lives are at stake. So this book at times had me feeling scared, sometimes a huge sense of dread at Fleetwood's condition, surprised at some of the unexpected twists and a huge amount of love for the main characters, Fleetwood and Alice. Two of the very best of friends, their relationship is absolutely beautiful, almost demonstrates soulmates can come in all forms, not just romantic partners. It's hard to say much without giving away the plot of the book, but the author of this book has incorporated into her fictional tale real people who are involved within the historical Pendle witch trials. So expect to read about Demdike and the Devis family, Fleetwood and Richard Shuttleworth and Alice Gray amongst others. It gives you insight into life within those times and how easy it could be to be accused and put up for trial as a witch. One of the parts of the book where Stacey writes about the prison cell for the witches was really upsetting as it explained typical conditions they would have likely been within. 
Fleetwood Shuttleworth, the main character within this story, was based on a real-life mistress at Gawthorpe Hall, who would have been alive at the time of the Pendle Witch Trials. As a character, Stacey Halls brings her to life. She's unreal, and I loved how she grew as a character and turned into such a badass as the story progresses. She just goes off gallivanting on her horse a lot while seriously pregnant, does what she needs to do to change her and Alice's fate. And can we just, like Fleetwood is possibly the coolest name ever for a woman, let alone a woman who lived within the 1600s. I couldn't help but visualise Jeanette Davis, the little girl in the story, for some reason as the woman from the Crankies. So this was a kids programme in the 80s and had this little tiny Scottish woman who dressed up as a little boy who freaked the living daylights out of me. I don't know, just every time Jeanette Davis popped up in the book, I saw the little Scottish lady from the Crankies. Jeanette Davis is, of course, the Pendle witch child who testified against her family. And on that note, if you want to watch a really good program that goes into detail regarding the Pendle witch trials, I love the Pendle witch child, which I know is currently on Amazon. It's a brilliant program, offers up a great account of the trial, but I also loved seeing exactly where the family was said to have lived. There is a very scary account of the Devis's home within the Familiars book too. So I would put this book up there amongst my favourite witchy fiction books, along with The Witch's Daughter, written by Paula Braxton, and The Secret History of Witches, written by Louisa Morgan. I hope I can quickly find another witchy fiction book that will match up to the joy this book gave me. And for a very chunky book, I read this in just under two weeks. I could not put it down. Well worth a read and I loved it. If you're based in the UK, you might find this book on the Works website. They usually have it for sale for about two quid. Like it's usually on there. Definitely worth looking for. So join me after the break where I'm speaking with Erin from Arcana Crafts all about the tarot. Welcome back. So I am here with the wonderful, talented Erin from Arcana Crafts. Erin works on tarot reading and energy healing. I had a tarot reading with Erin end of last year and it was amazing. And actually so much of what she read has already started coming to fruition. So of course I had to ask Erin to come on today and talk to us all about tarot. Erin, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, Carly. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! <laughs> I've the show since the very beginning, so this is so fun for me. Oh, you have. Honestly, like, you've been there from <laughs> the very beginning. I'm so, so, yeah. so grateful, and I love your work. Like, I love, love, love your work. I was going to say, so... Today, I know you've got like tons of info, like I'm so looking forward to getting into this, but let's get things started. So I'm going to ask you, how does tarot work? Like, how can it possibly be so accurate? Yeah, there's sort of more than one answer. 
sort of depending on what perspective you want to take. So for people like us, we are witches, we're very in tune with spirituality. Um, from that perspective, I mean, the tarot cards themselves are very, very in incredibly special. The art on the cards was divinely channeled. So the cards themselves come from source. So it's mystical, mystical, not explainable, sort of beyond our human understanding. That's like, to me, how amazing and important the cards are. Um, and not only that, but the cards themselves are energetically sensitive, like, like a crystal or any sort of spell item like that. They can be charged with your energy. So they absorb your energy. And when you use them to create a reading, that's why it can be so accurate because it's tuned into you and your spirit. So you can use it to communicate with yourself, your higher self or any other spirit that you want to call in to communicate with. Mm -hmm. And also just the cards themselves have been used by so many people over such a long period of time. They've been just imbued with so much powerful energy, sort of like, like prayers from different religions or, you know, holidays that have a certain energy to them. Like it's become that way because so many people have charged it with energy from such a long period of time. The cards are like that too. So that's how I explain it. Like from a mystical perspective, mm -hmm. but from like a logical perspective, say you're trying to explain it to someone who isn't as into spirituality I would say this. So like if you take the human experience, like from birth to death and everything in between love and loss and heartbreak and success and failure, all of those things, and you like put it into a picture book and yeah. then you like printed that picture book out onto cards, that would be the tarot. Like the tarot is also called the fool's journey. So it's just really about the human experience and being humans, having a human experience, like we can relate to everything on the cards at one point or another in our life. It's always going to resonate for us. Love that. I love that explanation. So what can tarot be used for? So many things um, sort of depends on where you're coming from. Like it can, again be sort of as mundane or as magical as you want to make it um you can use it for everyday decisions um comparisons like should i take this job or that job go to this school or that school um you can use it to process your emotions like what am i feeling right now what do i need you know, you can use it for shadow work, like what in me needs to be healed? What can I do to heal that? So self-help is a really big thing. And I think that as, as a collective, as things like caring for our mental health, um, as things like that are becoming more and more accepted in the mainstream, like I see tarot getting a lot more popular because tarot is for self-help. Um, it's amazing for that. So you can use it for things like that, or you could use it 
really in your spiritual practice, like for divination, for connecting with your spirit guides, maybe connecting with a specific deity. Um, it's a good idea to use it maybe before casting a spell to make sure you are doing the right things. You're going to get the outcome you want. Um, you can use it for like journaling prompts or maybe creative prompts or inspiration. Um, yes, these things and so much more. I'm sure there's lots I'm forgetting, but it can be used <laughs> for anything. That's perfect. Honestly, there's so many different ideas in there. And I know on your Instagram as well, and I know you're going to give us the socials at the end, but you have some yeah. really like lay like tarot lays and so on that I see that you post on there and you know different like tips as you go along so yeah, yeah. I think you're so right I mean for me I think that tarot with like shadow work is a brilliant way to use it and you know like with journaling and like you say it is a perfect brilliant self-help tool and like a lot more people are turning to it now I think there's less of a I don't know, like over the course of the years that I've used it for, I feel like it's a lot more accepted now than it ever used to be. And, you know, a lot of people that I'm quite surprised that are working with tarot cards now. So, yeah, there are so many different ways that you can use it. And I guess, you know, some of the ideas you've given me are great because I think there's a bit more that I could be doing with mine as well. So, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. It's endless. Possibilities are endless possibilities are endless absolutely and this is kind of one other thing that I wanted to go in like perception of tarot because I know like one of the points you raised you know like just just kind of coming back to some of the things that I wanted to talk to you about with them like tarot isn't necessarily fortune telling is it I mean do you agree with that yes absolutely I really don't like tarot being called fortune telling um because to me how tarot works is tarot reads the energy of the present moment right because Mm. you know the past is just a memory the future has not happened yet so nothing else exists besides the present so you you can't do a reading on something that doesn't exist for one yeah like for me free will is such a big Thing. Like free will is the ultimate truth, the ultimate law for me and my like personal spiritual beliefs. So I feel, you know, the future is not set in stone. You always have the free will to change the outcome of a situation. Yeah. And that's why there's no such thing as a bad reading or a negative reading. Like there's no such thing as scary cards because they're, they're simply reading the energy of the situation right now. So if you were to continue along your merry way and not <laughs> change a single thing about what you were doing, yes, this will be the outcome. But you can take that reading and be like, okay, me, that's actually not how I want things to turn out. So I am going to change my ways. I'm going to change what I'm doing. And I'm going to instead get the outcome I desire. So yeah fortune telling it's just very like deals with like fate and destiny and the it doesn't make you feel empowered it makes you feel more powerless and i i am really big on personal power free will and you have the ability to affect change in your own life and in your own future 
I love that. And it's so good to hear that, especially from a tarot reader as well. I feel like, you know, there's such a misconception with it and the free will side of things is just so important. I know people really freak out if they do get a isn't quite as they had hoped. So I'm so glad that you set things straight on that. And exactly. another, sorry. Yeah. Another perception as well. So like, do you believe you have to be psychic to read tarot? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Anyone can read tarot. It's, yeah. it will work for anyone who wants to get into it because there are, there are so many ways to do it. Um, if you are a complete beginner, you can draw a card, read the definition in the little white book that comes with your deck or in whatever other tarot book you have and just apply what you read to back to your question. And there you go. That is perfectly fine. That's perfectly acceptable. And um, you do not have to be psychic for that. You didn't even have to tune into your intuition for that. But if you do want to go deeper and as you continue learning how to read, um, it will help you to tune into your intuition. But everyone has intuition. Um, that's, in my mind, completely different from like being a psychic or a channel or a medium. Everyone has their intuition. It's more just about quieting your mind um, so that you can tune into the subtle details and like whispers of your intuition and it will get louder and louder as you continue to use it. Um, a really good way to start reading tarot intuitively would be to, firstly, it would help to meditate before doing your reading. It would help to quiet your mind and get you in that sacred space. Um, and a really easy way to do it would be to just look at the art on the card as if you were in like an art museum and you were like looking at a piece and you're like, Hmm, how does this piece speak to me? You know, like what are the colors telling me? What is the person on the card doing? What is the symbology here? What does it make me feel? Does it remind me of like a childhood memory or like an inside joke? Like what does this, what does the art spark for me? And then you can go from there. That's a really great way to get started. So no, you don't have to be psychic at all, but using your intuition will definitely help you go deeper. I love that. And I also want to say, I have been trying to read tarot from, I got gifted my first Rider Waite deck at 21. And, yeah. you know, I mean, so I've had that for like multiple years now and I've never had, you know, a great ability with reading them. I do like a daily tarot pool, but there's no shame in my game. I still go back to the book. I still go on to like Biddy Tarot. You know, I feel like I think a lot of people think like when you're a witch, like, you know, I get that asked that a lot, like, oh, great, so you can read tarot. And I'm like, um, no, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how you're doing it. Like, it's still okay if you've got to get the book out or, you know, go and get onto Biddy Tarot. Like, some of us just, you know, we all have got our different gifts, and mine definitely isn't tarot. So, yeah, I feel like there's no shame in, you know, keep coming back to the books and, you know, if you've got to keep working with your tarot that way as well, like for as long as you need to, like there's no shame in whatsoever. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, I'm studying all the time. Like I don't necessarily look at the book when I do a reading, but I'm mm. reading the books 
watching the YouTube videos all the time, like even though I'm quite comfortable in my reading ability, I'm constantly learning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, isn't it? I think with anything you've got a passion for anyway, like you never stop learning you you know you you just don't like you have to and I feel like the tarot could be a study for life like you just could there's so much of a history to it there's so many different messages within the cards you know I just don't think you get to this day and you're like yeah I've cracked it like it, it just could go on for years and years, I, and years mastering. yeah no finish line <laughs> <laughs> yeah. absolutely absolutely so working with the tarot and kind of broadening things, like can you give us some advice on how to formulate questions when you're working with your tarot? Yes, this I feel like is my specialty and this is my favorite thing to do is to help people formulate good questions to ask the tarot um, because it can really change how helpful your reading is depending on what you ask. So the, yeah. the first thing I would say is yes or no questions really don't work well with the tarot because the tarot cards are not yes or no answers yeah. they're a lot more than that they're complex like they're multifaceted they're archetypes they have a, a light side and a shadow side they can mean so many different things to so many different people so asking a yes or no question is like cutting cutting it off like i think of like if you were to ask your friend for advice and you know they put a lot of effort into coming up with the answer for you but you like cut them off after the first word like you're yeah. you're missing out on a lot you're missing out on a lot of detail that can help you so instead of asking a yes or no question try to ask open-ended questions and ask questions that are like we talked about based in the present tense and that provide you with actual steps to take to move forward with your issue. So let's do some examples. So how about like, like relationships are a really common topic to do readings on, right? So how about like, is my partner going to break up with me? Um, so say you asked that question and you drew like the high priestess card okay like what <laughs> how are you going to feel right then it it's not giving you your yes or no yeah. um you might be a little confused you're like okay the high priestess it's about like feminine energy and meditation and stillness like what does that really tell me if my partner's going to break up with me or not you know you're going to walk away feeling a little confused probably so um Okay, so the second issue with that type of question is it places the power outside of you. It places the power in the hands of your partner that you're asking about. Yes. So you want to redirect it so that you are the one being empowered, right? This is your reading. Like, you are the star of the show. Like, make the question about you. So it, it could be better to ask, you know, like, what can I do to improve my relationship? Yeah. Or even like, what can I do to find the relationship that's right for me? So not only is it an open-ended question, and it could actually provide you with steps to take 
to get to the next level. Um, it puts you in power. Like you will walk away from that reading feeling better. Yeah. Um, yes or no question. You're going to walk away feeling probably sad, <laughs> powerless. Like it's a good idea to think about before you give yourself a reading, like, how do I want to feel after this? Like, do I want clarity? Do I want, you know, t t the tarot to sort of tell me what to do? Um, so ask questions that are going to get you what you need to, to feel better and to move forward. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And also who determines which, which card, you know, is a yes or no answer. Cause I don't know about you, but I've been on Pinterest and I've got mm -hmm. to confess, I've done the yes, no question thing, you know, years ago, I haven't, it isn't something that I've used in more recent years because I kind of felt it was just really unrewarding. You never really get any true answer. And, you know, who determines which card is a yes, which card is a no. It, you know, it's a bit of a sticky area, I think, when it comes to the tarot. But I think what you're saying is really important as well. When you have a reading, you know, it's also making it not specific, I think, at times to individuals. It's a bit like when you manifest or when you do spell work. Yeah. You don't kind of put in there like, I want it to be you know, John from up the road, like you just want it to be like the, the best partner or the best person or the best fit for me, or you keep it fairly open so that the best outcome is there rather than specifics. I think it's a similar kind of concept to that, that you're describing. A hundred percent. Yeah. I was actually going to say that myself. That's the exact same thing. Like keep it open-ended because you don't know what else is out there. You know, don't, don't cut off your possibilities, you know, don't stick to the known because you don't know how many good things are waiting out there in the unknown and leaving it open-ended really allows you to have the best possible outcome. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So I'm really like excited to ask you this question because this gets banded about a lot as well. So what deck would you recommend somebody to first buy? Yeah, I would recommend like I sticking to the traditional. So like the Rider Waite Smith deck like that you have um, for many reasons. Firstly, because there are just more resources available for that deck. Like if you go to your metaphysical bookstore and look for a tarot book, most tarot books are going to be based off of that deck system. So that's one of the most important things when you're learning is being able to have resources that will help you. And like, yeah, if you're going on Biddy Tarot, like Biddy Tarot is based off of the Rider Waite Smith system. So you're just going to have more resources available to you, which is going to be really helpful. And most other decks, like all of the like artistic interpretation decks, um, they you know, they're putting their own spin on it. Like it's more about their own artistic style um, or maybe it sticks to a certain theme, like a fairy deck or like an animal spirit deck. Like those are amazing. I totally have those and I love them. <laughs> but Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, I wouldn't be able to really use them very well if I didn't have the Rider-Waite-Smith system memorized and I didn't because the writer weight has more symbolism on it and most of the card meanings are based off of that symbolism so it's going to be a lot easier to learn because when you pull out the card and look at it the meaning is right there in front of you looking back at you but if instead you pull a card and it's like an elephant spirit for the high priestess let's say um, you're going to have a lot harder time like tying that back to the meaning unless you're, I don't know, really an expert on like animals, spirits and that sort of thing. So sticking with the traditional right away, it's a much, much easier way to learn. And then when you feel comfortable, you can pretty much pick up any deck, pull any card and you will know what it means. So that's what I recommend. So one thing I did want to ask you as well, I always hear banded about as well the myth about you shouldn't buy your own deck so what's your take on that yeah i think it's funny i don't it's not true at all in my opinion it is just like an old wives tale um i think it's much better to buy your own deck buy the deck that's going to be easiest for you to learn that you are going to resonate with i think it comes from the olden days when tarot decks were not like available at Target or Barnes and Noble, <laughs> you know, like they were more rare and you sort of had to have it gifted from you. And also the books weren't available. Like you kind of had to have someone teach you. Right. But things just aren't like that anymore. Like you can go out and buy one from practically anywhere. You can buy your own books. You can teach yourself. So it, it just, that myth doesn't really hold up. And the idea of having a deck gifted to you, I mean, especially if it's a used deck, it would be a lot of work for me to take someone else's deck and then align it with my own energy and cleanse it enough time so that their energy is removed from the deck. You know, that would just be like a little tricky. So yeah, yeah I would say that it's a complete myth. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. I completely agree with you on that. And actually talking about that, you know, coming to buying a deck. So how would you suggest bonding with your deck from, you know, when you buy it to going forward? Yeah, it's really fun. I love this process. So, you know, when you first bring your deck home, take the cards out of the box, the first thing I would do is give the cards a good cleansing um, to just wipe off any energy from, you know, where they were made or who touched them at the store, that sort of thing. Um, so cleanse them. I would shuffle them a bunch. And as you're shuffling them, kind of just look at all the cards, study all the images, just kind of like browse the deck for anything that stands out to you. And keep the deck on your person for a few days. Like some people like to... Um, sleep with their deck in their bed with them. I really like that. I do that. 
Um, I've done so- that. I have actually done that myself, actually. Whenever I got the moon goddess last, sorry, the moon goddess tarot deck last summer and I had them in my bed for about three days and yeah just kind of carried them around with me a lot before I started using them so yeah I I like that concept yeah you're just kind of allowing the deck to like see your life is how I like to think about it and like really give it time to like absorb your energy I think that as well like you're saying like when you're gifted a set too I kind of agree with that like I feel like you need to sort of declutter a lot of energy from it before you work with it same as I just you know personally I I I say this I've given my daughter a deck because she really wanted some of her own and I don't think she's there yet she hasn't really got into it but yeah same with like a second hand set of tarot cards because I guess as well like they would have been passed down a lot and like you were saying people would have taught people it's so easy to buy a set now but I would feel really awkward if somebody kind of handed me down a second hand set as well. Like just so much. Wow. There's so much energy in like somebody's set of tarot cards. Like it kind of freaks me out. Um, even yep. when I'm thinking about, and again, again, like obviously I, I guess for you, like for your work, like this is a really big thing because lots of people will be touching a deck that you work with. But for me, like I find it quite oh, like nerve wracking the thought of people, somebody, you know, like a friend or something having a reading, like when they're at mine or whatever, it's quite nerve wracking the thought of all your energies in those cards. And then they're like just picking them up and using them for like a one off reading. Like it is a little bit, oh, a little right. bit tricky. <laughs> it's a little bit tricky. And yeah, that's when like really powerful cleansing can come into play. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So how would you suggest somebody can kind of get started in learning to read their cards? Totally. I think what you said earlier, like doing a daily card poll is the best possible way to learn. That's how I got started too. Um, pull, pull a card in the morning and you know read the book look at the book's definition write that down in your journal and then go about your day and at the end of the day return to your journal and think okay what emotions did i experience this day like what happened to me what was this day like and um you can tie that back to the card and be like okay whenever i pull the page of cups i tend to have this kind of day And then over time, you will sort of develop your own vocabulary and your own definitions for how the cards show up for you, because it can be very different person to person. And so setting up that personal relationship with the cards is really, really important. And that can help you um, read intuitively and um, make it really personal and like bring it beyond the book. So I think that is the best possible thing you can do is a daily card poll. I agree with that. And I learned that from my brother because one of the first episodes we did on the podcast um, was with my brother because he did like tarot teaching and that was how he learned, like just literally reading the card a day. So it's how I got started with it. And like, I'm still not there. Like certain cards I know all about. I mean, the one little tip that I can give which is just what I did and do still, I will use the Rider Waite deck. I'll use the book that comes with it. But I do find that 
some of the cards and like the books that come with the cards can be quite, you know, the, the explanation is quite short. So I sort of progressed onto moving on to, like I said, like I keep coming back to this, but like the Biddy Tarot website, mm-hmm. like a real in-depth look into the card that did help me a bit more as well. I found like the Rider Weight deck book can be a little bit, you know, too, too limiting on what they've got in there but yeah just some of the you know there are some good really really good websites that I use to sort of bulk bulk it out as well till I got to the point where I'm like oh yeah that's that card I know what that is there's there's still quite a few that I'm a little bit lost on and I'm not great at interpreting them from the pictures if I'm really honest but yeah I agree with you the daily carpool and putting it into like a journal or your book of shadows is a really good way to get to grips with it quite quickly Yes, totally. So Erin, on that note, what books would you recommend when it comes to learning the tarot? Yeah, I I would say I have two favorites. Uh, the first one would be Tarot for Yourself by Mary Kay Greer. I recommend that one because it's more of a workbook. It's informational and it has all the card definitions, but it also has a lot of spreads and exercises for you to do. So it's really good for like to take along your journey of learning tarot. And I also really recommend 78 degrees of wisdom by Rachel Pollack. Um, I really resonate with her definitions and everything she says in that book, like really rings true for me. So yeah, I recommend both those books. Fantastic. I'm definitely going to have to get those. So how would you recommend to take care of your deck? Yes, that taking care of your deck is so important and it can really change your confidence in your readings and how accurate they are. Um, It's so, so important. So one thing I recommend is keeping your deck covered. So you, I guess you can keep it in the box it came in, Um, or whatever you prefer. Um, It's like traditional to use black silk to cover the deck. And the color black is protective and it absorbs negative energy. So I think that's kind of the logic behind that. You could even um, like keep a crystal in there with your deck, like maybe a clear quartz to like keep it clear and cleanse, like bring in positive energy. Um, Yeah, I keep my personal deck that I use for my own readings and wrapped in my favorite scarf that I've worn for years. So it's like, it keeps it like imbued in my energy and like protects it from any other energies that are wandering around in my space. So it makes it so I don't have to cleanse my deck as often. And I find that really, really helpful. Love that. Yeah. And then there are a few other things. So like you said earlier, like, what are, do you let your friends use your deck or borrow your deck? Like, what are your boundaries? Like, what do you use it for? Where do you bring it? Like, do you bring it to friends' houses? Do you bring it to parties? Well, (laughs) pre-COVID, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so everywhere you bring your deck, everywhere it goes, everyone who touches it, their energies rub off onto the deck. So it's just something to keep in mind with how often you're cleansing it and, you know, what are your boundaries? Like, what are you willing to deal with and what are you not willing to deal with? 
you know, um, when I was first learning how to do readings for other people, I took my deck with me everywhere. And I asked everyone <laughs> around me, like, do you want a reading? Do you want a reading? Do you want a reading? And that's how I learned how to read for other people. And it worked for me at the time. It gave me a lot of confidence. Like I could read in any type of situation for any type of person, you know, people watching me, overhearing me, like no big deal. It, you know, it did help me learn and like gain confidence. But nowadays I would never do that ever. Like I, I take a lot of care in like setting a safe space and a sacred space and the readings I do nowadays are you know so deep and so personal and intimate like it would be really inappropriate to read in public or you know just at a moment's notice like you I want it to be really special yes yeah oh so I would never do it now but it was something I did when I was learning how to read um and I had some experiences in the beginning, you know, I was using the same deck for everything. Like when I would read for other people and when I would read for myself, when I would read for like guidance from my spirit guides and that got really messy. And so I definitely changed that. So now I have a deck that I use only for myself. I have a deck that I use for clients, like a deck for friends. Um, yeah. And if you're doing, if you want to do a reading, like to communicate with a specific deity, like they may want their own deck, like, especially depending on the deity, they kind of deserve their own deck. Do you think so? Yeah, I <laughs> love think, that. Yeah. Uh, you saying that makes me feel really guilty because I actually am thinking now that's such a good point, you know, and not only like a deity that you work with, perhaps you might want to have a deck that you you know you might work with like an ancestor or yeah. like you say like having one specific for them and it, it separates the work you're doing I quite like that concept yes it, it helps a lot it just brings more care you know the more care and love you put into your reading the better reading you're gonna get oh yeah absolutely yeah. on that um, note right yes oh, oh okay so I I really like to think about the tarot, like treat the tarot as you would treat a person that you really, really respect. You know, like your tarot is like a spiritual advisor to you. So approach it with sincerity. Um, take what it says really seriously. Like if you get a reading and you get answers that you were looking for, like put those into practice, especially before you come back and do another reading. You know, you would, if someone asked you the same question over and over again, you would eventually get pretty annoyed, wouldn't you? Like, you know, take what it says seriously, put it into practice. Um, don't come to it, you know, with hidden, hidden motives. Like you have to be honest with it. Like when you're reading tarot, you're, you're like communicating with your higher self. You can't lie to your higher self. Um, you know, come to it, set a sacred space, like don't come to it under the influence or anything like that. Like I jokingly say, like you wouldn't drunk dial your spiritual advisor. <laughs> oh, I love so that. Yes. Come to it with a good space and with a sincere and open heart and truly listen. 
I absolutely love that. It's so true. And again, it's like perhaps by doing that, you know, maybe I see the the tarot as a tool of your subconscious. So therefore, the more respect that you're treating the tarot, it's like a reflection of your subconscious. Therefore, I feel like it gives you more back. You're more in tune. It's all like a cycle, you know, where energy goes. Oh, I can't remember the saying, but, you, you know, I just feel like it really builds on that and it just shows that respect and that you're serious about it. So, so they are such brilliant tips there, honestly. Like I love that. And I'm definitely going to put some of those into play. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. I loved what you said there. What would you say the difference between reading for yourself or getting a reading from someone else is? That's a really good question. I think that when you read for yourself, you know, it forces you to tap into your intuition and create your own definition for the cards and you can really create something special there create a relationship to yourself and to the tarot that adds value to your life especially more and more over time it can be incredibly helpful um i would say for big big deal issues in your life it's sort of hard to do a reading for yourself because you might be too, you're kind of too close to it, like too emotionally attached to the outcome or you kind of just have too much bias. So sometimes in really like big ticket readings, it's easier to have someone else read for you who like has less bias. And also every person sees different things. Every person has a different perspective. So if it's an issue you're really stuck on and you're having trouble moving forward, it can be really helpful to get somebody else's perspective. Absolutely agree with that. And the reference to, you know, if you think about it, a lot of people come to tarot readings about relationships and uh, sadly we kind of want a specific outcome so I just feel like we can often you know kind of read into it a different way and not want to accept because the tarot really does call you out I mean I've been through periods of my life where I've not actually wanted to pick up my tarot cards and gone for my oracle cards because they're like a little bit gentler on me (laughs) tarot can be quite savage but again that's like my subconscious Like, it's just trying to tell me what I actually need to hear. But like you say, like when it's from somebody else, it's subjective, it's somebody out of the loop, you're too close to it. And I, I, I mean, I find going to have a reading and obviously having the reading with you, it was just so eye opening because like you say, like when you're reading for yourself, you're in the middle of it. So you may only see like, I just don't think you even get to see like all of the good as well. Like I don't mm-hmm. think that you can see, whereas, you know, you you may not kind of want to see the bad. Like sometimes you can't really see how much good is there too, if that makes yeah. sense. Because, you know, we, we don't always see the good for ourselves anyway, but I feel like it works both ways. It does. Yes. I think, yeah, someone else has the ability to be really, really encouraging for you in a, in a way that's mm. different. Like it's, you know, we have our affirmations and like, we know how to manifest. So like, yeah, we can talk ourselves up, but it's sometimes really, really powerful to hear those encouraging words from another person. 
And that is exactly how I felt with the reading with you. Cause it was the, you know, it was the only time I had a reading with you. It was the only time that I'd had a reading online. We were in the middle of a pandemic and that was, you know, obviously, obviously clearly you and I are in completely different countries, but it was just so magical. Like it was the end of the year. It was coming up to the end of 2020 and I'd had so much time doing my own readings and then finally to have one with you and, you know, there was so much that you gave me and there was so much you picked up on. And like I say, though, lots of those things are coming to fruition now. It was just a brilliant experience. And again, like I was too close to what was going on to actually see the good that was happening and even mm-hmm. like the good happening there and then. So it, for, I, it is a completely different experience to reading for yourself and, I just don't think, you know, with the tarot, you can think, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to have a reading with anybody. I can do it for myself. It's yeah. just not the same. Like, it just isn't. You can you can do both. Like, you should do both. Like, you know, if mm-hmm. you want to, I just feel like I both give you such rewarding insight. But, yeah, having a reading with somebody else is just, oh, I love it. And, yeah, I clearly need to book in with you again, Erin. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's so special for me too I do love making people feel seen and that connection is so magical and like you said like we're in two completely different countries and it works just the same because you know uh, tarot psychic readings everything like that it's spirit to spirit communication so it does not matter where in the world we are like spirit is not bound by the laws of space and time like we could be anywhere and still communicate soul to soul as if we were face to face it's really amazing how it works so erin one question i ask everyone who comes on to the show is what music do you listen to with the work you do or within your craft oh i love this question <laughs> i so my favorite album of all time is buckingham nicks it's a self-titled album so it's stevie nicks and lindsey buckingham's first album before they joined fleetwood mac oh i love um, that oh yes to me it's like the epitome of like witchy music so that is my jam i listen to that when i'm like spell crafting or writing or anything like that um absolutely that like, gets me in that space i also really love lorena mckennett if you know yeah, she i is. haven't heard of her I, I need to just like i'm gonna check all these out after the show so please yeah keep yeah. going <laughs> Yeah, Lorena McKenna is one of my favorites. She does like spiritual type music. I don't even know how to describe her, but she listening to her, it makes me feel like I'm in a completely different time in a completely different world. It's so magical. So I love her as well. And then sometimes I just YouTube like sound bath or like meditation music, but I do yes. find it so helpful to have on music like it really cuts out other distractions other noises um really helps me quiet my mind i love that i'm definitely gonna check uh, yeah i'm definitely gonna check these out so thank you so much for that so erin where can everybody find you lots of places pretty much everywhere (laughs) i website is arcanacrafts.co so you can go there to book a reading with me to read testimonials to read more about me things like that um instagram is arcana.crafts.co i'm definitely on instagram the most 
Um, but I also have Twitter at Arcana Crafts Co. and Facebook Arcana Crafts Co. And I'll link all of these in the show notes anyway, so everybody can find you. And yeah, definitely get over to your, like the, everyone needs to get to your Instagram because I think you've got some brilliant like tarot lays on there and really good tips. Erin, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned so much. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so glad. This was so much fun for me. So thank you for having me on, Carly. Thank you. So that's the end of today's episode and I really hope you picked up some really good information in regards to working with the tarot. I certainly know that I have, there's lots that I'm going to put into play. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to listening to the show and I am so overwhelmed at how many of you listen to the show and like where you're based in the world? It blows my tiny mind when I record this in my bedroom. I cannot even tell you, like, thank you so effing much. Unreal, unbelievable, unbelievable. I also want to say a massive thank you to Emma Thomas. Emma Thomas, you've literally supported today's show. This podcast runs on coffee and witchcraft books. And Emma kindly supported the show on Acast Supporter. And I am so bloody grateful to you. Thank you, my love, honestly. If you feel the call to support the show, ways that you can. So there's a link in the show notes for Acast Supporter if you would be happy to support the show financially. Failing that, honestly, if you're happy to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that would fill my little heart with joy. It means that other witches can find the show. And you can find me on Instagram at The White Witch Company. Also over on Facebook, The White Witch Company, where we have the Literary Witches Coven. You can always join the book club on there. We also have the Green Witches Coven there too. But a little mini announcement. I have finally got really going with YouTube. So come on over to YouTube. You will find me under Carly Rose the Witch. And at the time of this episode, you should find that there's two vlogs on there. The first one is all about the full moon and some witchy book reviews. And the second one is all about crystals. So yes, please do come and find me over on there. And this is going to be in addition to the podcast. So the podcast will, of course, continue to come first. YouTube is really more for the visual side of things that I cannot obviously bring to the podcast. So as ever, thank you for your support. I will be back soon with some more witchiness. Have a great week, witches. Lots and lots and lots of witchy love. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.